result. You are now tuned into Pulse Pounding with Mickey Dillon. All right, Paris Ray. Hello. <laughs> Let's talk about your first memory of music and where that all started. Ooh, my gosh. You gave me no warning. This is such a <laughs> no, deep going cut right into first it. question. <laughs> um, my first memory of music, I've always... I was a child actress. Mm -hmm. So as a child actress, you know, it's ingrained in you that you have to be a triple threat, singer, dancer, actress. Mm -hmm. I was a pretty okay actress for a kid. And I was always an okay singer, but I was a bad dancer. <laughs> so I had to commit to one of these things. Mm -hmm. And I just put all my energy into singing. So I was a little musical theater girly pop, <laughs> you know, did all the school shows, community theater stuff while I was still acting. Mm -hmm. And then I realized how much more I preferred singing than right. I did acting. I think a lot of it was the rejection I wasn't good at it. I'm still not very good at it. <laughs> what acting? Rejection. Oh, okay. Just in general, gotcha. in any uh, in any form. So I figured with music, I could just do my thing, and no one needed to like it. Right. I could kind of just sing or write and just put it out, and I didn't need someone to be like, "Yes, this is good. Right. You're in." So I kind of have committed to that and taught myself guitar when I was 15. So then I vividly remember my first time ever playing an original out was at Borders Bookstore. Oh my God. And it was an open <laughs> mic in Lake Grove. And obviously Borders is no longer there, which is a tragedy. Yeah. But um, yeah, I had like purple hair and like crazy side bangs and purple skinny jeans. <laughs> the Warped Tour era. I, yeah, I was wearing all like the rubber bracelets. I don't I know who that. I thought I was, but... And I really liked it and it wasn't even good yet, but it just felt so, it felt more validating than even getting accepted for a role acting. Mm -hmm. It was really nice. Okay. So let's talk about that first, because when you were younger, you did a bunch of guest spots on a lot of really big television shows. I did. Where, when did you start acting? And was that like the original dream? That did you feel like was the plan. Yeah. I don't know. I've always been very, um, I wouldn't even say like, bubbly i would go more social like mm -hmm. i just love chatting it up and even as a kid i was such a ham mm -hmm. um my mom worked for wlaw which is like the local pbs stuff okay so when i was really little like three and four she would take me to work with her and there was a babysitter there they were filming this weird show called zebby zoo which is basically local long island sesame street okay so all the kids would just get to be on the show and be extras. And right. I really, really liked it. And my mom says that I would cry when they tried to take me away. So she's like, okay, we'll give it a, we'll give it a whirl. And then at five, I got an agent. Just did stupid little like baby modeling stuff. I really liked it. And then um, it took off from there. I had a, I still technically have this agency. I'm just on a hiatus. Right. But uh, yeah, the cooler stuff I did was iCarly was really fun. I was the smallest thing ever on 30 Rock. But it was my entire life as a kid. I would go into the city almost four times a week for auditions. Right. You know, for every 100 auditions, you get five callbacks. And of every five callbacks, you maybe get one thing. Right. So it was just a lot of putting yourself into something for a little reward. Right. Not in a negative way, but it just wasn't... Especially as I got older, I'm like, this is affecting my mental health. Like, yeah. I'm comparing myself to everyone... But um, I definitely don't regret it at all because if I didn't 
start as an actress, I don't know if I'd be in a creative world at all. Right. If that makes sense. Right. And it's also kind of draining too, to be traveling to the city because obviously before COVID, every audition was in person. Absolutely. So when you're trekking yourself into the city. Oh my God. And I was, I was like 11. Yeah. Like I, I never went to a birthday party cause I was, you know, so there was a lot of sacrifices, which I think is also why I work so hard now. Right. It's cause I was always yeah. used to like building well, a work ethic yeah. early. Yeah. Which I'm really grateful for. But um, it's so funny because some of the stuff I I landed, like that Carly thing, were all almost like consolation prizes of things I didn't get. Right. So my mom, who is amazing, and she's really the hero of this story because she was <laughs> the one driving me into the city four yeah, times right. a week. But um, she always says that she wants to write a book called uh, You Are Our First Choice, but dot, 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 <laughs> which like everyone can relate to. But the only reason I got iCarly is because I was screen testing for Modern Family. Mm-hmm. So it was between me and three other girls to be uh, Alec, Ariel know. Winters, the girl with it. the glasses. I've only seen it like twice. No worries. Yeah. But um, I got really, really invested and I was like 13, you know, for a 13 year old. I'm like, I've been doing this my whole life. I'm right. Like, I didn't know anything. Yeah. But, um, you know, they flew me to California and I met all these people and I... My hopes were so, so high. So when they didn't go with me, my agent called me, the blah, blah, blah. I'm a kid. Like I'm in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I'm too emotional. (laughs) I cry a lot these days. And then she's like, okay, hang on. And she called me back. She's like, well, you're in LA. Do you want to be an iCarly? And I was like, yeah, yes. I'm like, of course I want to be an iCarly. (laughs) So um, it was stuff like that. And you know, I'm really grateful for all the experiences, but um, learned a lot about myself and I'm not good at rejection. <laughs> yeah, and acting's not it, it seems. It's just not, I mean, I know it's good at, but you know, it's such a different, you know, then it, you're comparing yourself to your friends. That's the other thing with music. I'm really collaborating with my buddies. Right. You know, if you're like a pretty 16-year-old girl looking at a room full of pretty 16-year-old girls, it's hard not to view it as competition. Right, of course. And I do not like that mentality at all. Yeah, it's much more fun to be collaborative. Yeah, and I'm not knocking at all, but just for me and how my brain worked, I was like, I'm, I don't like, like myself. Right. I'm not getting what I need out of this. So when did you first start experimenting with songwriting? So I started songwriting as soon as I taught myself guitar because I was always such a creative, bleeding heart <laughs> poet. Um and I did a lot of open mics. I like ran my high school's acoustic cafe, all that cute little stuff. Right. Um, when I went to college, I actually was in the acting conservatory at first because I didn't know that there were programs in college that were based around songwriting. Everything was pretty classical or very serious. Right. And I'm an adequate guitar player, a good singer. I didn't want to hone in too much on anything. I just wanted to write my little songs. Right. So I was just vibing and I was an acting major. One of my sweet mates had to write a song for homework. I'm like, what the heck major are you in? She's like, oh, studio comp. I'm like, is that literally just songwriting? She's like, yeah. So then after my first semester at school, I auditioned for the music conservatory and then I was a songwriting major. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was so cool. I had no idea it existed. Yeah. You know, I applied to like Berkeley and all those. Berkeley would have been the closest thing Mm-hmm. But 
it was so expensive. There was no chance. Yeah. So I went to SUNY Purchase in Westchester. Oh, nice. I didn't know that either. I didn't know that they had like specific programs for songwriting. Me neither. Yeah. I, I thought I, I was going to have like to concentrate in vocal performance. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, you know, a big thing that a lot of people say who do go that route is that sometimes when you work so, so hard on it and it's your whole life in such a serious way, you almost lose the fun of it or mm -hmm. the passion, which was something I was worried about. Right. But uh, my, my major was so cool. It was ridiculous. It was so much fun. So let's talk about the album, Clementine. Clementine. JP was trying to get me to listen to this album for fucking ever. And oh. I hate country music. Dude, me too. I fucking <laughs> can't stand it. When it comes on, it makes me physically angry. And I I'm understand. like, turn this shit the fuck off. I understand. But I, this is more than that. Like, it is country, but it's also pop. Dude, I couldn't agree more. It's so funny. Yeah. Because I, when we first met, that wasn't my thought process at all. And then the one, like, true country song, Once Upon a Time in the West, I wrote when I was really stoned, making fun <laughs> of country music. Yeah. I, like, it was all about Morgan Wallen. I'm like, why does everyone fucking love Morgan Wallen? See, this is a I conversation. Say, I do love Morgan Wallen. This is now. a conversation to be had this week because I don't understand where these numbers are coming from from him. I don't know if the label is paying for this. I don't know what's going no, on. No, I gotta tell you, people, people love. I don't know. Six hundred thousand units from streaming in, in well, week one. Well, I will one. say the album has thirty six songs. Yeah, it's called <laughs> cheating, is what it is. And I can't stand a motherfucker with a mullet. I don't know why all Dude. these girls are attracted. To the stash, the I porn stash and the mullet. Oh no. Oh no, it's oh, me. No. Not the mullet, Ugh. but I do. I'm a sucker for a porn stash. Anyway, this was a fun interview. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> the weather's pretty bad. No, but it was so funny because I really was. I was like, the whole song, it's about like, what the fuck is up with cowboys? Why right. is everyone bugging out? And then I wrote it. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? It's kind of fun. Also, us being from New York, like I don't understand all these girls on Long Island that are wearing their fucking cowboy boots under their wedding dress. Okay, for like, sure. I, I for don't sure. understand what part of this you're relating to about the pickup truck and fucking your sister because we don't live it's in this true. environment. My, it's my fiance is so funny. He always says, because um, we like, I love like country music, like from the 60s, like John Prine, like all those cool folky legends. Okay. So when I try to get him to listen to like Morgan Wall and he's like, Paris, this is not <laughs> country. <laughs> And he calls it hick hop. I love <laughs> and that. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> like, that's pretty cute. I love that. Can you ask him if I can use that? Hick that's great. TM. Yeah. But um, you want to hear a funny country story? Before I was full-time gigging, mm -hmm. I <laughs> was the Hayride singer at Harb's Farm out oh, of East. Oh my God. And I, at this point, fully hated country. Yeah. I hated it, but I was, you know, I was working on the farm and I had to give like my corn fun facts on this fucking hayride. <laughs> I didn't even know people sang on a hayride. I, it was the most money I ever made in my life. I swear to God, I would do eight hayrides a day. I told, you want to hear my scarecrow joke? Yeah, for sure. Why did the scarecrow get a promotion? Why? He was outstanding in his field. <laughs> and then people would just hand me $20 bills. That's I loved so stupid. It. <laughs> that's so funny. No, it's, but it was so cute. Yeah, I loved like, it because there was kids. And, yeah. But I was forced to listen to country music and sing country music. So it started off super ironically. And then one day it wasn't ironic anymore. Oh, and I boy. was kind of into it. Okay. So I finally listened to the album after like weeks of him being like, you should listen to it. And I was like, isn't that that country bitch you're working with? I'm like, I'm not listening. Which is fair. I'll take no it. No offense to you, but uh, I'm like, right. I'm not fucking listening to that shit. And then I got really high one night and I was like, all right, let me just put it on. 
And I don't, I don't, is astronomy the first track? Astronomy is the first one, which was never, ever pulled, a country that song. That pulled me right the fuck in. Oh. The whole album is so good. And it's got such a good balance of like country elements, but pop elements. But then your voice is more like, it's got like soulfulness yeah, to it. Yeah, thank you so, so much. So it's not really country. Like you don't sound like Taylor Swift singing fucking lullabies. Right. And I can't also stand that I bitch. care so much about lyricism. So I think part of what yeah, you we're would hate there. about country yeah. music is that it's like, look at my my dirt right. road, my right. Corona, Like Tacoma. lack of depth in what yeah, they're saying. Yeah, there's no storytelling. Which there's nothing wrong with because I Dude, like a lot of bullshit don't pop get me wrong. that is I, really saying nothing. Absolutely. At the same time. But I feel like I look for certain music for certain things. So like if I'm in a place where I'm going through something and I need to relate to something, mm. there's certain artists and certain music I listen to. If I just want to shake my ass on a Saturday night while I'm like right. downing a bottle of vodka. I don't want to think about it. Right, I just like, want to vibe. I just want to shake my ass and there's music for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about the theme and the title because Clementine is more than just the title. The artwork is kind of themed around that. So tell me where that came from. For sure. So the title definitely came first before the artwork. And this, I don't even think JP knows this, mm-hmm. but Clementine is, do you know the movie Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind? Oh my God. That's one of my favorite movies. Me too. So that's it's crazy. About Every time girl, I talk to somebody Clementine. about that movie, they don't know what, what the fuck I'm talking it about. It is the best movie. It's my favorite movie. It's always been um, deeply personal, like a such beautiful, lovable girl. Such an important who's lesson fucking in love. Manic yeah, and just... Uh-huh. You know, not knowing, doing your best and not being enough and not knowing. What, so that's where that came from. I named wow. it Clementine. This is crazy. I Isn't have like such fun? a musical boner right now. Now you'll have to like give it another listen uh, and yeah. like think about. Because, you know, she's such a beautifully flawed, but lovable, so generous with her spirit girl. And I've always tried to emulate that. So, um, yeah, and I think there's such an important like message in love in that movie. Oh my god, without it being corny, which is that like the I don't want to say supernatural, but kind of aspect of it yeah, where it's almost like sci fi, like right. it's a little funky town, but I feel like it's more of a metaphor than it even is like what's actually happening. I couldn't agree more. And I feel like the whole theme of you could be forced to forget about this person, but when you're so connected to this person. You're always going to have that. I, my even whole if you thing, can't remember it's it. like, then is it now knowing all this information, is it irresponsible to try again? Are we wasting each other's times or do we know enough now to make it work? Right. And I swear to God, every time I watch that movie, I feel differently about what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. It's, oh. Yeah. And sometimes beautiful. When, when you see a movie like that, that you connect with, I feel like every time I watch it, I'm like, hoping the ending's going to be different. <laughs> I, dude, <laughs> like, is this going to change, even though I know it's going to happen? I think everyone, it's so, it's so, it's such a beautiful movie. I love it. So how oh, did you... I'm so glad you know it. That's it's awesome. It's so crazy because I always it talk about it. It is a little it. niche. It has like a cult following, yeah. but then everyone else like, what the fuck are you That's talking about? That's wild. I love that so much. Um, how did you decide on the style of the cover kind of like replicating a magazine. I freaking love the cover. I love the cover almost as much as the music. Mm-hmm. I think it's just so fun. So I've always been, uh, I know you can't tell now because it's snowing, but I'm like a little 70s, little chickadee. Okay. So I wanted it to be definitely like a little retro because I thought that was branding. My main thing, I wanted a cover that if it was on merch, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be like icky. It's not like, you know, it's like, it's sexy and it's fun and it's cool. Um, But it has like 
a, it, it's it has cool. some, it's, it's like different. a whole theme to it. Yeah. yeah. So I, as soon as I landed on Clementine, I was thinking about what to do. And then I found that little Clementine beret on Etsy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, well, we're doing this. This <laughs> is fucking cute. So, um, again, I would just smoke and work on Canva and I put that together and I'm just, I love it. Yeah. I think it's really fun. It looks great. I love how it looks when I like pull it up on Spotify. I just, I think it's, uh, it's like sweet and a little, little sexy, but in the best way. And also it's eye catching. And I feel like when you're coming up as an artist, that's important because so much music is being released. I talk about this all mm-hmm. the time on the show. Like it's so oversaturated that sometimes when I'm going through playlists or like new mm-hmm. music Friday, there's so many artists I don't know on that playlist that I can't fucking listen to everything. Mm-hmm. So sometimes whatever has like the eye catching art is what I'll click on. I t- totally agree. Yeah. So I think that that's an important part of it. What song was the creative starting point of the album? So Astronomy was the song that got me into the songwriting program in college. Okay. So it's always been very near and dear to me. It wasn't until I maybe I would say the cowboy song Once Upon a Time in the West. Once I wrote that one fully, I was like, okay, I think people would like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I lo- I asked around and my fiance was like, Paris, you have so many freaking songs in your notebook. Just go do it. Like, right. I don't know what you're waiting for. The time is nigh. Um, and it was more I was feeling things out. I was talking to Chad, who works with JP. Mm-hmm. And he told me he had someone great who I'd work well with. And if we didn't click so well, I probably wouldn't have done it. Right. I'm busy and I'm grumpy. And if it's such a personal thing, if it didn't click and I didn't feel so um, like respected as a writer, I probably wouldn't have shared such personal songs mm-hmm. with people. Yeah. So it was astronomy, me wanting a nice version of astronomy and then realizing that I can still write. Right. If that makes sense. So astronomy isn't a new song. There's a more like stripped down, almost live oh, yeah. sounding version of it. That bad boy has been uh, circulating forever. Yeah. It's on the previous album that Yikes. you put out. So what made you want to rework the song and include it on this album? I think it just, it's so, it's so fun because it definitely still means a lot to me mm-hmm. as a song and as a starting point of my career. But I don't think it's like my best song by any means. And I think everyone else like loves that yeah, song. Yeah, I disagree. I think it's a standout on the album. That makes me so happy. Yeah, it's and so I do good. think that's me getting in my head thinking about how I used to write at 17 versus now at 27. Right. But um, I'm glad we, we still paid so much respect to it and didn't fuck around with it too much. I didn't change any words. Um, so yeah, there's a bunch of versions out there. And I also don't want to take them down, even though they don't represent me now. But they represent the song, which the song is about like right. changing yourself and like growing and trying to be what other people want. So it's cool. There's like well, 10 versions. Out. It's so interesting that that's what the message is, because the two versions are so different. Yeah. And I feel like it's such a good example of like your vocal maturity. Yeah. Between the two. Thank because you. Because there's like a boldness and a thickness. A confidence yeah. for sure. And a confidence. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. In the second version that it almost feels like the first version is like pleading for something in the message. And then the second one has like this confidence and almost like a tiny bit of an undertone of like angry or jaded because you've been through shit. And I feel like that comes through in not even the words because they're the same. The lyrics are the same, but how you're singing it and like the delivery. Sure. So there's like such a difference in the vocals 
from one version to the other. And it's interesting that they're so far, they're not that far apart rather mm. as far as like 2019 versus 2022. That's the part that blows my that mind because in my apart. head it was forever ago. I love everything you just said. That's so, that's a really cool take on it. Yeah, it's and very I, different. It definitely wasn't intentional. A lot of it was my voice maturing, but also definitely where I was emotionally in my life during the performance of both those things. Like when I recorded this one, I'm engaged. I'm in, I'm so happy. I have the coolest apartment. I'm really full-time musicking it up. Right. And then, you know, in 2019, I was nannying and coviding. Yeah, and it, was, right. it was just a different, uh, different headspace for sure. So that's cool. Well, it's also really interesting musically how production and the difference in the track can take the song somewhere different. And mm. I feel like because it's so polished and like the production on the entire album feels kind of like ethereal. Like it almost sounds to me like you're kind of in a dream. Um, and, Thank you so much. And I feel like that elevated the song because of like the surface level meaning of what you're saying and how you're tying the theme together. Yes. But also what that's a metaphor, metaphor for and what it actually means. It all kind of fits together and ties in because of the production. So I feel like there's like such a strength in the song that it almost accidentally lacked in the first version. Mm. But the first version is super raw. So there's like a I love that. different emotional quality to it. Yeah, I got it. I mean, JP was so awesome. Yeah. I don't come from a production background at all. <laughs> he had no idea what I was ever saying because mm -hmm. he would be putting things in. I'm like, no, I want it to sound more golden he's yeah. like okay what the I, fuck what does the that mean but he really <laughs> took it to heart and like all that ethereal dreaminess was super important to me like yeah. i wanted it to be dreamy and whimsical but still broad and universal yeah. Yeah. like i didn't want anything to be niche i didn't want it to be a country album it's not really a pop album it's not quite singer songwriter it's just vibing it's right. just it's just how I feel about each song. But I feel like that's the best music. That's my favorite kind of music. Yeah, that's like, my favorite. That's the music that makes you feel something. Like the music that people just make that doesn't fit into a certain genre or box. Because you know like it's so authentic yeah. and genuine. And just what you wanted to make. That was the thing. Yeah. I just, it was what we both wanted to make. He said a million times it was a cool project for him as well because it was not his normal production style yeah and i was so annoying and for every one song i would send him 10 reference songs right. that had nothing to do with each <laughs> other i'm like i like the beat of this and i really like the color of this you're like okay you fucking freak no i love that but and that's i'm so proud of of every single song and i i'm it's also, so happy you're it's saying it's crazy that. that it's not his normal style like because I, he's so good at it because I know. I know him like i know that's not his normal style but it's some of his best production mm. it's so good and i also think that your voice has this really cool vintage quality to it um it almost reminds me a little bit of certain billy holiday songs not like her mainstream everybody plays shit but like more of the deep cuts where her voice is like a I don't know how to explain it. There's a little more of like a rasp and a power in your voice, whereas hers is a little lighter. But there was a specific song that I can't remember because I was high when I was listening to it last night. As you should be. Um, but I'll find it and I'll send it to you. Oh, and I'm it reminded so me cool. of like the same vocal tone I to love the way that, that you say I mean, it. Obviously, that's an enormous compliment. So. I always love artists like that, that I feel like 
they could release different styles of music. And if you didn't know it and you just played it for someone, you'd be like, is this from now? Is this from like, I freaking, I love that too. You know? Yeah. I love that too. I like a timeless sounding voice. Absolutely. And I think that's also a huge trend right now. Yeah. In the best way. Views from a plateau. (gasps) Ooh. Is the song that I related to the most because I am now 30. Um, It's hard out here. I don't really want to talk about it, but whatever. (laughs) Um, And I've been playing that one in the car the most nonstop since I heard it. So speak on what that song is about for those who haven't heard it. And if you haven't heard it, fucking stream it and listen to it. I I think that's um, my favorite one. They're all my favorite, but that one definitely lyrically... Yeah, the lyric, the really lyric that says closing in on 30 and I know that's not old. And, yeah, thank but, you. But um, that just isn't the way I thought my life was going to go. Yeah, that hit me hard. So it talk brutal, about that song. right? So I wrote it um, on my birthday just to do a little Instagram clip. I just wrote that first verse. I really liked the guitar part mm-hmm. and I was just having an existential crisis about growing up and my favorite line is... Um, Maybe I was an optimist. Maybe I was naive. Maybe I was only meant to peak at 17. Yeah, and yeah. I want to like, as I <laughs> sing it, I like, but you know, it's not about, I want so much more and like, I haven't accomplished enough. It's more about like, I like to say it's for every 16 year old who was an overachiever and so successful and like was killing themselves trying to, you know, the, the, what's the word? Like the, the golden child, mm-hmm. you know, who's just successful, the overachiever. And then you can't keep that flame burning forever. And then you wake up and you're 27. You're like, God damn, I, the coolest shit I did was in high school. Like, right. that's embarrassing. And this isn't but where not, I thought you know, I would be. Not even in like this big negative way. More just like, a, you know, I think it's for all creatives. Right. But that's why I related to it. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're just like, God damn, like, I really am 30 now. Like, right. what happened? And, and why is this thing I love not my here? Life. Yeah, like why? What could I? What could I have done? What should I have done? Honestly, the response of that song almost made it all worth it because so many people related to it. I'm like, okay, well, I wrote something universal. Well, yeah, I mean, specifically in the lyrics, um, some of the stuff I wrote down was sometimes I just can't help but feel like I watched the last ten years fly by. Don't Mm -hmm. know what I'm doing with my life up here on this plateau. Thought that I'd have more to show. Ugh, I have wild. The whole the plateau like imagery for me was. I was almost gonna call the album plateau because mm-hmm. it just felt like I almost didn't make this thing. I do well gigging and shit, but my original music really I hadn't been putting a lot of love into. Right. So when I wrote this, I'm like, that's actually like pretty cool. I'm like, that's like a good yeah. Because it's also not like at rock bottom. I'm like, I'm up here and I'm. I'm looking around and I don't know if there is going to be a next step for me, but I'm really happy with what I have. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's, it's brutal, but uh, I'm really, pr- I love that one. I'm glad you brought that one up. I think sonically astronomy is my favorite, but lyrically this one's my cool. favorite. Yeah. Very cool. Um, talk about hands. Cause that's another one. That I love. You love, you I love, love it. I feel like hands does not get enough love. Yeah. It's so good. I love hands. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, that is about my ex-boyfriend. Um, and it's more just about how it's so sad to end a relationship when nothing bad happened. Mm-hmm. And it's just that feeling of like, wow, like we're not going to move forward. 
and you have to make a cognizant decision to be like, we both could be happier with other people. Like we both deserve, not that it was bad. Right. I wish it was bad. It would have been way less painful. Right. But to having to grow up and be like, time's a wasted. Mm-hmm. Like we both should find partners who we're gonna be our most authentic selves with. So yeah. that's kind of what that was about. And fulfill us more. Yeah, like, could we live together the rest of our lives and be totally fine? Yeah, but don't we both deserve a way bigger love than that? On Higher Power, you say, I haven't been religious in a long time. Mm. Um, (laughs) Sometimes back then it didn't sit right, but you look at me and it feels kind of holy. I love that. I thought that was such an interesting way to talk about, like, the way someone makes you feel. Yeah. Almost when you first get to know them and you're like so excited about the relationship. So I wrote that song after my very first mushroom trip. Oh, fun. (laughs) uh, In Woodstock Uh with my fiance. And I used to be a really big church girl. It was a huge part of my uh, high school life. From Jesus to mushrooms. I love it. That's what I'm saying. Full circle, baby. That's the episode title. (laughs) It's what Jesus would want, honestly. (laughs) But um, I've always talked really openly. I had the coolest church and youth group growing up it was so open-minded and so expect uh accepting Mm -hmm. and i sang in the church there and then when i went to college i tried to continue my religious journey and realized that i do not like organized religion i do not like the church me neither i was just really lucky i couldn't do it oh i can't reach every i know (laughs) it was so not how i was raised in my church which was full of love right and full of joy and just acceptance and music, I didn't realize how shitty organized religion yeah, could be. And it sucks. So I, you know, I say in the song, you know, I s- went to church last time at 19 and I haven't been back, but um, th- it's a sweet song. It's, I love it a lot. And it's about my fiance and how I'm like, you know what? I love you a lot. Maybe there is someone fucking looking out for me. Right. And maybe organized religion isn't for me, but I feel very close to god when i'm doing mushrooms with you in the woodstock cemetery and we're vibing out um it was a a really nice one for me to write because i was always really sad about losing that big part of me right and then i kind of came to realize oh i can still be very spiritual and very uh full of gratitude and all those things that my youth group and my church instilled in me right doesn't have to ruin every like god as a whole right you know it's a cool thing I feel like your storytelling in your writing is really brilliant. I felt like very connected to what you were saying as I listened through the album in its entirety, lyrically. Oh, thank it's you. clever. It's not corny. There's no like weird word placement. Like everything just all fits. And I almost feel like even though you're a singer, you almost kind of write in the style of the way a rapper would write. The way there's cool. like there's like a flow that you're in and then it changes. And sometimes it changes from song to song, but sometimes it changes multiple times within the song. I love that. So I feel like that reminds me of the style of like writing rap, but it's actually not at all. I obviously. always used to say in, you know, in my major, my style was even less singer songwriter. It was more like stream of consciousness. Yeah. Like I just, I mean, JP will tell you, I am such a verse heavy girl. Mm-hmm. Like he had like a gun to my head to write these fucking bridges. <laughs> He's like, you need to, but I'm like, I could just write like a 10 minute song of verses. Yeah. Like, I, Cause that's what I love. But that's important because that's where a lot of songs lack. Usually yeah, it's cool. like a powerful catchy See, and chorus. I'm not, I never thought I was a good chorus girl. JP put some more confidence in me. Yeah. 
but I and I really do think it came from I have so you know like inner child says I have all these feelings Mm -hmm. man and I just it's a little difficult for me as a human in life to figure out like the big picture of my feelings which is what the core should be it like that should be the thing that sums it up and it's really hard for me to sum things up because I have so many things going on in mm-hmm. my head and yeah. but uh that's cool i really that's a that's a cool uh, way to look at it did you have co-writers on the album or was it all you jp helped me with a lot of the music stuff mm-hmm. but um lyrically it was all me that's crazy i love songwriting <laughs> i yeah. love it so much i feel like that's the most impressive form of artistry in music and some people would disagree i don't give a shit um i feel like the way you can weave words together and put your experience into something like that that makes sense, sounds good, flows well, and then is relatable. It's what I it's, fell it's in love with for sure. Talent. And I like how you said weave. Yeah. Because that is how I look at it. Yeah. My dad always said, um, who is not a very emotional man, so that's my favorite thing he ever said was he calls me a wordsmith. <laughs> I love and that. And one day he was like crying about it. He was like, Paris, you just made this thing yeah. out of nothing. Like there was nothing here. Yeah. And now I'm crying. <laughs> I'm right. Like, Thanks, With Dad. just words. Yes. Yeah. I've always felt um, really strongly about writing and language and yeah. vocabulary for sure. What's so the worst cool. experience you've had that led you to writing a great song? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, it's a little dark, but in college. I love dark. I mentioned it. In Inner Child, I didn't want to give him one more full fucking song, but it's on that last album. Fuck you. And it is one that are. I would love to revisit because it's, it's such a beautiful song, but I never do it out because it's so um, painful. That but makes sense. My uh, college boyfriend was not a good dude. And he like broke my nose and fractured my ribs, and I actually never ended up graduating college because I was hospitalized for so long. Mm-hmm. Um. But my God, did I write some good little DV songs out of that? Such a fucker. Yeah. Just such a fucking fucker. And then when I released that last album, because that was really a healing, getting over that shit. He fucking, obviously I have a restraining order and all this stuff. And he still found a way to DM me through a third party Instagram. Like, uh, thanks for, thanks for taking it easy on me. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? I like did not go easy on you yeah, at all. Right. Like, you're a psycho. And why are you even, ugh. ugh I know. Gross. So that was a mess. But you know, even with that, dare I say, here's me being Clementine again. Mm-hmm. That was the darkest, worst time of my life. I wrote beautiful songs and it really helped me pick better partners. <laughs> right. Um, Cause every relationship I had after that were really loving, wonderful people. It just didn't, ultimately work out and if it wasn't for him i would have never found my fiance right and i wouldn't have learned to communicate so beautifully and accept good things for myself i always feel like even in the most traumatic upsetting situations there's still a lesson there's still something that you can take out of it and learn from it otherwise you know what what's the other option just be and i'm not saying like you need to silver lining but for me if i didn't silver lining it i would not be in a good place right and it almost feels like if you take something positive out of it with you it doesn't you still feel like one i told yeah and all that hurt wasn't wasted yes yeah i totally agree. I, agree I mean not that i'm telling anyone how to heal or like get over shit but for me personally it definitely does not do me any favors 
by not finding the good in something. And also finding that outlet to help you express it and get through it. And for you, that's songwriting. Yeah. So what else would you do? Makes sense. Yeah. Something I'm always really attracted to in music and in an artist that I love is a really good harmony. Mm. I love a stacked vocal. <laughs> JP will tell you that's like my number one thing I'm <laughs> listening to is like the music, the production, and then the background vocals. A wall of sound. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck me they up. They are like perfect throughout this whole album. Thank it's, you it's like a so wet dream much. for me. Oh, man. Um, the pre chorus in Once Upon a Time in the West is what I'm specifically thinking about as far as the harmonies. Cool. Um, is there a specific artist that inspired you when you were starting out to pay attention to detail in the background? Okay, I, yes. I would, this is kind of a crazy mix, but you know how we're talking about like country that isn't country? Mm-hmm. Casey Musgraves okay. is really like the master Which of that. Which is funny because when I listened to this album, it reminded me of... Um, Fuck, what's the album? Golden Hour? Golden Hour, but there's a specific song. I gotta look it up. You gotta look it up. I'm a it's gonna, big, it's gonna big Casey fan. I also love her because she is this country bumpkin right. who openly does psychedelics yeah. and like loves gay people and doesn't give a fuck about being from Texas. But also has pop elements to her. Yeah, like she's another one who like genre bends a Astronomy bit, which I really like. reminded me of Oh, What a World. Ooh, that was in my notes. mm -hmm. That was definitely a reference song we looked at. That's probably the only song I could actually like hear in my head from that album. It's worth a listen. I don't really like, you know, get into it. Mm. But that song. I'm a big fan. Gives me the same kind of vibes as what we were talking about. Like the ethereal. How many times I say sparkly when we were, I'm like, I just want it to twinkle and just be like lovely. I love that. And then the other influence for me writing wise and with the harmonies, actually Noah Cyrus. Oh, wow. Which I know is kind of crazy. No, she's only, great. She's so yeah. good. She's not, she doesn't get the credit that no, she No, my God. Like, and she does cool, thick harmonies. Yeah. And she's so acoustic. And she's kind of dark. She, yeah, she, yeah. and her lyrics, I think really, I really like her. So she was a good, like, mood board for me in terms of mixing, acoustic, almost like sad girl lumineers. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. In the best way. Yeah. Um, I think she's awesome too. I love that. Yeah, she's great. Um, you've also been playing out live for pretty much like the entirety Forever. of your 20s, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. so tired. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite part of performing? And do you prefer performing mm. over creating in the studio? Like, do you have a preference between the two? You know, creating is definitely the dream. Mm-hmm. But gigging is my full-time job which is so bananas that's great you know i i'll never talk badly about you know i'm paying my bills and i have like a really dope little life and it's completely funded by singing that's amazing so i'll totally take it obviously i have more fun in the studio because that's work right you know gigging is work but i always say my worst day at work is still better than anyone's best day it's sick i wear sundresses and i'm always drinking (laughs) wine and i'm also really blessed because i sing at the most beautiful places i started out you know doing like bars and like that's cool and that's fine but now i'm i sing in the hamptons and i'm in montauk every weekend and i sing up here on the at Danford's, right. like just beautiful sunsets and rosé every night. Well, you also have people that kind of like follow you around. I because do. when I first listened to the album, I posted a screenshot of one of the songs. I don't oh. remember which one. And like four people 
one of which JP and I know mutually hit me up and was like, oh, we go see her all the time when oh she plays God. out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here that I didn't know like, about? Who is this little redhead yeah. bitch? So now I need That's to get cool. on board with that and come out and see it's it. A so it's obviously a very different thing. We just did the show at 89 North, which is my first time. First time playing with a band mm -hmm. and first time doing all original music. Like right. it was more of a set than a gig. Right. Which was gorgeous. Feels different. And beautiful. Mm -hmm. And like I cried so much. <laughs> but, um, and it's so funny because I was so nervous. I was literally puking. Not literally, <laughs> but it was close. But when I do gigs, I don't give a shit. Like right. I am so obnoxious and so cute and like bouncing around and it's just a really different dynamic. But my gigs are really fun. Is there anything you don't like about performing? Yes. What? Old men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet. I oh my bet. God. I mean, they're paying my rent, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. What's the weirdest thing someone said to you? Oh my God. Well, I had a little stalker situation a few years ago. <sighs> oh, I love that. I want a stalker so bad. It would really boost my, oh my confidence. God. So it's hard to, you know, I make it really easy for stalkers because I post my schedule. Yeah, right. I'm like, this is where I'll be. Of course. All hundred pounds of me with my bright teal Jeep. Like, <laughs> it's fucking pretty easy to follow me around. It. But it was tricky because I also hate confrontation and I'm so grateful for any opportunity I'm given. So when there was this Not guy. Not that opportunity. Well, you know, there was, you know, there's always like come some like weirder people, but I'm down to clown. They're nice. This guy, the vibes were weird. He was probably like in his 70s. But every time he saw me, he would give me a $50 bill. Love that. And he would see me every night. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, like when, when yeah, how much is the that line? a week? Couple you know, hundred. that's what I'm saying. Like it's a, which is sad that that's what I have to think about. Right. But I'm like, okay, I'm not going to like blow the horn on this. And he didn't do anything super wrong. Right. Except I did not like that he came to every show. He would always try and help me pack up my car. I swear to God, he watched what kind of car I drove. Then he started putting notes on my car. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. It was so weird. He would get to my gig like three hours before me and the bartender would call me and be like, hey, what are you okay with this? I'm like, oh, no, what, what happened? So it came down my ex-boyfriend, not the bad one, uh -huh. the one that hands and I've been is about. I was like, dude, like, can you like just come and like ask him to leave? And he came and he's like, hey, man. You gotta go. Yeah. She, you're making her uncomfortable and became like a little bit of a thing. But um, yeah, I never saw him again. Thank God. But I'm also really lucky because I play at so many regular places now where everyone knows me. Yeah. And people know my vibe. And if I'm ever uncomfortable, the manager or the bartender will always take care of me. Which is great. Thank God. Yeah. I'm really lucky to have that kind of community. Yeah. It's a good way to feel like you're safe. Yes. Yeah. But it went on for like seven months. That's weird. I mean, it was so much and money. And the notes on your car. Dude, I Listen, know. Listen, showing up and like being, you know, interested in what you're doing. You know, and he's like older, he's a little man. off. Yeah. I can deal. Fine. But it just got, it just, yeah. you know, you feel it. Yeah. And I'm a small girl. You know I'm like, vibes oh. off. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. But other than that, it's just like people buying me shots and me not taking shots because right. I have to drive home and right. then getting mad. And right. I'm like, well. What do you want me to do? I'm like, yeah. I would have rather the $11 you spent on that right, shot in my right. picture. But. Are you going to pay my fucking DWI? <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a little girl, man. I can't drive from the Hamptons home. That's annoying. What's next for you beyond Clementine? I'm really excited about my partnership with JP. I'm really excited. I really definitely caught the writing bug again mm -hmm. after all of this. So I've just been noodling around, writing some shit. JP is such a great resource. I know that if I had something, I could be like, hello, I'm mm -hmm. going to come in tomorrow. Do something <laughs> with gonna this. We're going to make some yeah. magic. <laughs> um, so I think my biggest things right now are 
enjoying Clementine and the love I'm getting and I'm really trying to keep pushing it and getting on playlists and stuff. Writing a bunch. Um, really trying to maybe nail down my genre or right. like exactly what vibe well, I think feels. You, I think you found it. You like, yeah. I don't know what to call it though. When I'm Who submitting cares? to all these playlists, I'm like, I don't even know what filters to put on Sexual. This. That's I'm what like, you should just call listen. it. It's just nice. Ethereal and sexual. That's, that's what you should call I'm gonna it. I'm going to make that my Instagram bio. I love that. Maybe then they'll give me my fucking check mark. <laughs> We're going to have to split <laughs> this because there's too many episode titles in this episode. <laughs> Ethereal and sexual. Ethereal and sexual. The Paris Ray story. I like that. And honestly, when, when it goes out to all the streaming services, only Apple will censor it. Those motherfuckers. Yeah, really. That's yeah. rude. Mm-hmm. That's rude as hell. Yeah, like they don't make enough money to be a little raunchy. A little raunch. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, and then just gigging my ass off to pay for my freaking wedding. I love that. <laughs> so expensive. Do you have a date? August 17th, 2024. Fun. Don't say where it is or your stalker might show up. Oh, man. <laughs> He's going to object. Oh my god, imagine. That actually imagine. be the coolest thing ever. <laughs> that would be so ex- That would be a great song. I'm going to pay someone to object for fun. That would be a great fun. music video. Honestly, I, that could be the next step too. I would love to do a video. Yeah, that would I be think exciting. That'd be fun. I'm yeah. just, you know, Sounds expensive I'm just, though. Yeah. Everything is expensive. And honestly, I, f- says, I, f- I feel like, obviously I don't know you, but I feel like we are similar in the sense that you would feel how I do in that if you're not going to do something with quality, I'd rather I'm just not, not fucking it do it at, at all. all. I, yeah. That is yeah. literally, that's why this wedding we'll is so later. expensive. <laughs> <laughs> that's exciting no yeah it's all good i think i'm at a place right now where i original music was on the back burner for so long that now that i have this beautiful thing that yeah. i'm like i want to do everything right. i'm like i'm gonna put it here and i'm so stoked to do interviews like this is so cool for yeah. me oh uh, i made really cute little merch it's gonna be uh oh nice it's, it's really not cute. out yet it's kind of out i'll give you one it's in my car okay what is it? It's a tote bag. Love that. It's just the album. I had sweatshirts too, but I sold out. That's exciting. I know. That's annoying for me. but I it, purposefully only ordered a few so that I could say I sold out. I love it. <laughs> but it's all marketing, baby. I love it. What is the accomplishment that you're most proud of so far? Um, This is so cornball of me. Oh, here we go. But I think I'm here really- Here comes the country. I'm proud of myself. Like I kind of been through it and it would have been so much easier not to do this shit and not it's so vulnerable. It's like a lot to put out there. Yeah. And I'm just really proud of the choices I've made and the people in my life. And I, I just feel like I'm exactly where I want to be, which I haven't felt in a really, really, really long time. Yeah. So I just feel authentic and I feel like myself. That's not corny. It's sweet, right? Yeah. I think that's great. But then musically, I think I'm, I'm proud of how well, uh, me and JP work together. Yeah. Because that was something I was always scared of. And that's always exciting when you feel like you meet someone creatively. And you click. It's Yeah. And then yeah. it makes you feel comfortable to be vulnerable. And like inspired. Like yeah. every time we would record something, I'd go home and be like, oh fuck, I wanna write now I wanna write like something a little more a little poppy or yeah. it's fun. And then you bounce off each other too. Because sometimes if you hear a track that you really like, it might inspire you to write something Absolutely. and the other way too. It's all like my brain has been going a mile. Yeah. Like it's insane. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I'm just excited for everything. Even if there is no next big thing, your next step, if I can just fuck around and do shit like this the rest of my life, what a great little life. What yeah. a fun existence. Yeah, that is exciting. Just to create and vibe. Okay, last question. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. What's your greatest hope for your future and what's your oh. greatest fear? My greatest hope for my future would be to 
pivot from full-time gigging, making money to maybe doing little tours of my original music. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even need anything crazy. I just want 30% of the love I get at gigs to be translated to my original music and hopefully have a full-time band. Um, a band and a stalker. A band and a stalker. That's love all. That. I'm a simple girl. <laughs> um, so yeah, just pivoting more to being uh, a songwriter and musician instead of like a cover gig girl. Right. Which again, I'm not knocking. It's treated me well. Right. But um, after the 89 North show, I was just like, all right, well, this is definitely yeah. Here's what, we need what to I want to do. This yeah. felt so good. And then my greatest fear, I guess, would be um, fully plateauing. You know, or, you know, it's hard not to get existential. I know a lot of my success so far is because I'm a cute, sweet girl. And I, you know, it's not lost on me that I'm young and cute. And it's hard not to think about 10 years from now what I'm going to be doing career wise. You know, because all I've ever done is gig and nanny. So I don't want to be 40, like singing at the country corner, like, right. Pay- you know, and I don't, I think that's the uncertainty is my biggest fear and having so much, so much is out of your hands. I can't really be doing much more than I am doing to get to the next step. Right. So like, that's very daunting, but, um, everything's worked out so far. Yeah. So we'll see. But also take some comfort in the fact that the product is actually really good. So yes, you Thank are young you. and cute, but Thank you so much. at the same time in a different place in your life later, you still have the skill set that you do. Yeah, for sure. And if you're going to continue to make things that are of the same quality as Clementine, you're going to be fine. Oh, that makes me so happy. And I'd be so down to maybe even just be a writer. Right. Like for other young girls. There's a lot of money in that. And I, that's definitely what I like the most. And I wouldn't ever have to wash my hair, (laughs) which takes so long. But um, yeah, I'm just down to clown. I'll see what happens, but I'm really happy right now. Down to clown. I like that. That's, that should be the actual title. Yeah, that's down to clown. I feel like the episode title is going to be like this long. It's just going to be a bunch of semicolons. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Paris Ray, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much. If you haven't streamed Clementine, you better get the fuck on that because when have I ever given you a music recommendation that was not good oh jp do you want to say anything before we leave jp i talk so much about you dude <laughs> i like he's like the mystery in the corner i know you look so cute when you wear a hat even at the at the show like he was just walking around and i was like this is jp and everyone's like oh my god you're <laughs> jp did you tell them that he is from wawa wiwa Ugiwawa. Yeah, but I, that's what I call biz. it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Um, no, a He's lot another of, one with stalkers. I couldn't believe it. I can believe it. Mm-hmm. I, I would be an Ugiwawa stalker if I was <laughs> of age when you guys <laughs> were vibing. If you were 40 currently. <laughs> uh, the best. All right. Well, thank you for sitting down and oh, doing yeah, this. This was so fun. And thank, thank you. you for being so like open and vulnerable to Aww. explain what everything means. I think that's really great. And that takes a lot of strength and courage. Oh, man. All right. Thanks, dude. Don't cry. I don't like that sappy shit. Oh, Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> 